0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and today I hope you all are having a great day. I hope you had a great week. I had a nice mental week off. Um, I had a great time hanging out with family, got some wonderful gardening in, and I did enjoy my time literally doing nothing. Like I I didn't do any work, I, I told myself no work, no nothing. We're going to take a weekend off and we're just going to be. And that was an experience because <laughs> I'm a bit of a workaholic. So I, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I'm constantly thinking about my to-do list. I'm constantly thinking, oh, I need to do this. I got to do that. And every time I got to that point this week, I was like, okay, I need to just stop and say, no, I needed a mental break. And I've seen so many people, so many of my friends on Twitter and social media who are all in that same boat and they're just done. They're burnt out. They they don't have the mental capacity to just deal with the world right now. And you know what? I'm still kind of seeing it and I'm still feeling it. We are going through something unprecedented, not just in a pandemic, but Socially, and it's trying. It's very trying. And then, to add to the top of that, this last week uh, was Earth Day, April 22nd. And it was so neat. It's always neat on Earth Day to see everybody, you know, like, hey, let's save the planet. Let's take care of it. But it really got me thinking of what it means To say that just on Earth Day. That would be like us saying, I'm not going to take a break except on my birthday. Every day. Once a year. So for 364 days out of the year, I'm just going to take it. Take the shit and just endure it. That sounds insane, right? Nobody would do that. That'd be like you working seven days a week for 364 days. No breaks. Eight hours a day you would be mentally fried. You would not be surviving or thriving. You'd be barely coping if you were coping. And that's kind of, I feel like, where we are. Not just with our planet, but with ourselves. I feel like we have not had a mental break from anything for over a year. We're all stuck in this pandemic, and we're kind of stuck in this state of doing nothing but thinking and worrying and panicking and wondering what the future is going to be like, because there is no clear outcome for what our future is going to look like. Not that there really was before, but when I really started thinking about this on Earth Day, I started realizing that that's kind of what we're doing with the planet. We're giving ourselves one day to be more conscious of the earth and her cries, but yet we are not doing it any other day of the year. And I'm not saying that we aren't because many of us do. Many of us actually say, no, I think about this every single day, but there's a lot of us who don't. There's a lot of people that I saw that were like, oh, it's Earth Day, you know, recycled and all this other stuff on social media. Who you would swear would never, ever, ever in a million years mention anything like that any other day of the year. And it really kind of got me thinking that we, as witches, can do more. And that's where I really feel like sustainable witchcraft comes into play. So when it comes to sustainable witchcraft, we all hear about certain herbs and stuff like that. And ethical sourcing of crystals that have to be sustainably harvested, that have to be ethically harvested, that you shouldn't use. And if you're new to witchcraft and you're hearing this, it's probably pretty daunting (laughs) because you're like, okay, well, what can I use? What's allowed? And a lot of people that are saying this to you are saying not giving you any other substitutions. They're just kind of taking it all away and saying, oh, well, that you can't do that. That's not how witchcraft is supposed to work. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of the things of why you shouldn't use some things, why we should change our practices, why we should be more sustainable, and not just what we put on our altars, but also what we're putting into our bodies, what we're putting into our homes, and how we're treating the world outside. That's where sustainable witchcraft really comes into play. So when you think about witchcraft, most people who are witches think about our connections to the earth, the energies of the earth, the plants and animals, and the connections to the divine and the universe. And yes, it is every single one of those things. But a lot of times our connections to the earth kind of get put to the back burner, cuz we do love the connection to the divine and the universe. But sometimes we forget about the fact that yes, we have a roof over our heads, but we don't always remember it's there. And I will be one of those people that will say I was like that in probably the first 5 years of my practice. I never I appreciated the earth, but I didn't appreciate the earth, not really. So You know, I was buying white sage. I was using it in pretty much everything. I still have some in my witchy cabinet. But I wasn't realizing that it was taking a toll on how it was being harvested, why the price was going up every time I bought it, and what this was doing to indigenous cultures. And I had no idea. I I was caught up in the white sage rage in the 90s, in the early 2000s. I didn't think anything about it because I grew up in New Mexico and they literally sold smudging sticks in every shop. Like you could buy them in gas stations. It was just something that you could buy everywhere, but you would never think that it was a problem until you really start realizing, hey, this is actually starting to go extinct. It's endangered now. And that some indigenous tribes are not using it anymore for their own ceremonies because it needs to have time to grow back (laughs) because we're over harvesting it the same thing is kind of true with some of our crystals we all love our crystals and you know which is we collect our rocks we like our shinies but i don't know how many times any of us have ever really stopped and said where did this actually come from Where is it being sourced from? Is it being ethically sourced? Are we actually hurting the environment to get this? Is it worth it? And I, for the longest time, couldn't answer those questions. I would just buy the crystals, some crystals from questionable sources like Wish. And never thinking about where they were coming from or how I was getting them. And if they were worth it. And it wasn't until I, you know, talked to a few people on Twitter and started realizing that, that that was a problem. And this was probably about a year ago. So this wasn't very long ago. And it made me really start changing my focus and my the way I looked at witchcraft. And during the same time, I was also looking at how I was putting food into my body. Was it sustainable the way that I was doing it? Was I actually harming the planet in the way I was eating and gathering my own food? And I couldn't actually answer that question, not ethically. (laughs) So I really kind of started adopting that homesteader mindset along with a sustainable witchcraft mindset. When you start combining the two of those, you end up with this wonderful kind of mindset that's very much like a hippie that's, you know, save the trees, save the planet, save the, you know, promote love. And it is a great mindset. But at the same time, I feel like we've got to almost do that on a, I hate using this term, but it's the only term that really comes to mind is almost a radical mindset. We need to make sure that we are taking care of our planet as much as we're taking care of ourselves. You know, we are told, take mental health days, do this, but how often are we actually doing something to help the earth? Help our pollinators, help our, you know, help the bees, help the butterflies. And this is kind of, as I'm sitting here recording this, I'm starting to realize, hey, this is a little dark, but... The problem is we're no longer in a climate change. We're in a climate emergency. And as witches who work with nature, this is something that we need to be aware of, that we need to be working through. So when it comes to sustainable witchcraft, let's talk about our witchy cabinets, boxes, wherever you keep your supplies. When it comes to your witchy cabinets, probably many of you have used or have white sage in your cabinet. Please don't feel guilty about having it. It's just one of those things that everybody says, hey, that's your go-to for cleansing. But they never tell you that it's not the only go-to. It's You can use other herbs and they don't tell you this. Unless you read herb books or uh, learn how to cultivate your own instances. Many books out there don't say, hey, let's talk about different ways to cleanse. They just say, hey, you should cleanse regularly to get all the bad juju off. But White Sage is a great go-to. That's what they tell you. And I had lots of witchcraft teachers when I first started out, lots of witchcraft books that I read when I first started out, that all said the same thing. And in the last year or so, I've seen a lot of these wonderful teachers uh, that have now come into my life that I respect and I adore that are like, no, there's so many other ways you could do this. So many different ways that you don't even need herbs to cleanse. My mind was kind of blown when I learned that you didn't have to cleanse your stuff without incense. And it made me realize that it wasn't that I was a bad witch and that I wasn't capable of doing anything else. It was the fact that nobody was talking about this. Not really. Not in the circles I was running in. It was the same thing over and over again, that you cleanse with white sage, that you do it regularly. You know, you smudge. (laughs) Smudge. Smudging is not a thing that witches actually do. It's something that Native people do. We do cleansings. There's a difference. And... It's one of those things that when we do cleansings, we can do it with music, we can do it with sound, we can do it with, uh, moonlights, we can do it with moon water, uh, we can do it with speaking sounds of cleansing, we can do it with all sorts of different things that don't require herbs. But if you're a traditionalist and you do like incense and you love having that wonderful herbaceousness, float around your home, let's talk about some different herbs you can use. Because we don't want to use the endangered ones. We want to give them a chance to grow back. We want to try to save them if we can. And I would recommend change your white sage to green. The best thing about green sage is we don't want to over harvest it, but it's easy to grow. It's super, super easy to grow. I have probably about six or seven sage plants growing right now and they grow a lot <laughs> very quickly you give them enough space to grow and they, they try to take over and they're really wonderful about it too because I you can make these cute little smudging sticks with them with you know four or five leaves and you just roll them all up together and me I like to also put a stick of rosemary in that too the cool thing about rosemary is rosemary works just as good as sage so does cedar and if you've ever been out to the woods, most woods have cedar trees of some kind. Juniper slash cedar, they're, they're, they kind of run in the same family. But cedar trees are almost like a weed. They will pop up anywhere, grow very quickly, and they have no remorse for anywhere they grow. <laughs> they don't. I, we have to probably cut down uh, at least two cedar trees a year on my farm because they literally just pop up all the time and they don't care They you won't even notice until they're probably maybe a year old and then you're just like where the hell did you come from and there it is there's your cedar trees and it's great though because if you're gonna make cedar smudging sticks you don't need a lot of cedar you cut it when you know it's nice and vibrant of course make your offerings when you do that And then you can bind it. Be careful. Cedar is very pokey. It it bites. It's kind of like pine needles. They bite. But you do that and then you hang them up and you let them dry. It does burn very quickly once it's dry. So be very cautious about burning cedar. And it's one of those things that you can also grind it up and put it in loose incense, which I prefer versus the actual smudging sticks because they burn very quickly. So... Those are a couple of different things that you can do if you are someone who really enjoys cleansing with air or smoke. So if that's something that you love, you can also create different incenses. If you want an incense that's for cleansing and relaxation, rosemary and lavender are wonderful for that. So wonderful. And it smells divine. It smells so beautiful when it burns. But... Let's say that you're somebody who is not, who has allergies or can't really tolerate the smoke very well. The older I get, the worse my allergies get. And I used to love smoke cleansings. I still do. I love making the incense, but I can't have it burn in my house anymore. It makes me cough and sneeze so bad. And I have to do something different. So I use essential oils. And... In the description of this podcast and also in the blog post that's accompanying it, there will be a link to my favorite essential oil company. There will also be a link to my incense shop. So if you'd like to buy some of my incense because I grow most of mine uh, or I ethically source it, I, I can, I talk to all my growers and I also have a wonderful herb shop that's. they will tell you where their stuff is grown, how it's grown and all that as well. So... If you're somebody like me who can't do smoke cleansing and you would prefer to still use a type of air cleansing essential oils diffused are wonderful for that you can buy diffusers they're usually about 15 20 just pour some water in it put four or five drops of your favorite essential oils in it and there you go if you're somebody that really does love your sage you can get sage essential oil and it works just as good as burning the herb wood. If you're somebody that is like, you know what, I would kind of like to stay away from her herbs. I'd like to not do that. So, what can I do instead? Sound is a wonderful e- and very economical and ethical cleanser. You can do singing bowls. You can do bells. You can, if you have tarot cards that you'd like to cleanse instead of cleansing it with incense, you can knock on them. You can leave them out in moonlight. I wouldn't recommend Sunlight because Sunlight can bleach tarot cards, so be careful with that. It's very easy to do cleansing in a lot of ways, and sometimes we don't get to hear about that, especially when we're starting out. Depending on the books that we're reading, sometimes it's just, this is the only way to cleanse. This is the only way to do that. And I read a few of those books when I first started out, and I was very much in that mindset of, this is the only way you could do that, until I was shown different and that was a few years ago, but now we're, we're moving on and we're learning new things. It was one of those things that I didn't know that sound cleansing was a thing until about a year, year and a half ago. And learned it from a wonderful witch and it was a cool thing. And then suddenly as soon as I learned it, I saw it everywhere. It was great. So when it comes to our practices, there's multiple ways that we can do this. If you're somebody who also likes to dress your candles with herbs, You can also use essential oils. Just make sure that your essential oils are pure therapeutic grade. You're not using a lot of them because they can be flammable. So again, I recommend you check out the link in the description for that because those are great oils that are also good for dressing candles. So I recommend you dilute them. Definitely dilute them because you don't want to do anything that's going to catch your house on fire. So The other thing that we need to talk about when it comes to sustainable witchcraft for our cabinets is crystals. A lot of crystals are not ethically sourced. And they come from places that are strip mined. And it's terrible for the environment, terrible for the planet. And at that point, yeah, you get your crystals nice and cheap. But at the same time, you really have to question, is it worth it? Is it worth having a crystal that you bought cheap that harmed the planet and it's going to take the planet a long time to recover if that place can be recovered? It might take 50, 60 to 100 years for those places to recover. There's mining sectors that they say that will take two to 400 years for them to recover from all of the dynamite and the chemicals and everything else. Uh, And those even weren't for crystals. Those were just for things like coal. They just stripped the land bare. That's not good for our planet. It's not good for our planet, and it's definitely not good for us because this is our only home. This is the only place that we have right now. Because as I last I've heard, uh, they're not. We don't have another planet available for NASA to ship us off to yet. So <laughs> until then, we have to take care of our home. So when you're talking about ethically sourcing crystals. There's a lot of wonderful shops out there that do ethically source their crystals. They can tell you where they buy them. They can tell you how they got them. And sometimes you can even go to some mines and they will help you dig your own crystals and they will help you polish them. Or if you'd like them raw, they'll help you do whatever you need to do and you just pay a fee for it. And those are wonderful crystals as well. So if you're looking for ethically sourced crystals, I will have a link in the description to my good friend Devin Hunter's shop. He goes to get all of his crystals from reputable buyers, from reputable places. He can tell you where they all come from, and they're great. He's a great person to buy your crystals from because they're all ethically sourced. Now, when it comes to your cabinet your witchy cabinet and everything that you buy. Being sustainable can mean everything from checking how your candles are made, possibly making your own and all that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we need to do this right now. This might be something that you grow into and that's okay. You don't have to change your practice today and you don't have to completely feel 100% guilty because you have a cabinet full of white sage. No, (laughs) it takes time to change our habits to you know even if you want to grow your own herbs if you're somebody that you say oh well i don't have the space to have a garden that's cool that's okay but you know it's also really cool thanks to the business of weed grow lights are now readily available and they're actually really affordable and growing with grow lights is actually not hard i did this year was the first year that i did a lot of seedlings with grow lights and they're actually very cheap and wonderful and they work really, really well. So if that's something that you're interested in you're like, oh, I'd love to grow something, but I live in an apartment that has like zero lighting, grow lights are your friend, trust me. You can also not just grow seedlings and herbs with grow lights. you can also grow full plants like you can grow vegetables and stuff like that they actually have the great uv ratings that they are needed now the only thing that you will find with those is some do need pollination so if you're going to grow your own vegetables and stuff indoors make sure that you are definitely looking into how to help your plants pollinate that might be looking at the different flowers and basically pollinating them with each other. A little hard sometimes, but it's something that you can do. There's a lot of great gardening resources out there that tell you how to do it. I highly recommend you look into it. Not to mention gardening is so relaxing. It's so relaxing. It's a little nerve-wracking when the weather rolls in and you're just like, oh god, is everything going to survive? And then you walk out and it's like, yeah, we're fine. Calm down, lady. Like literally, I think my plants would just look at me on a daily and they're just like, calm down, lady. We're fine. So those are some of the wonderful ways that I recommend with our witchy cabinets to practice sustainable witchcraft. When it comes to stepping away from our altars and we look at more sustain, being more sustainable in our own lives, this might be looking into what we're buying. On the other podcast, we did a great interview uh the other podcast cast on shadow my apologies another revelator show check it out if you haven't we did a great interview with the wonderful Katie Webb and she talked about the horribleness of what people buy and what they do um saying that we all don't have some of our own don't get me wrong i have some worthless crap that sits on my desk but it, i love it At the same time, I also know that I don't eat it. So when I go to buy things, now that I've heard that how much plastic is involved, because everything that comes to a store before you buy it is wrapped in cardboard, wrapped in plastic, wrapped in plastic again, and then all that plastic and all that cardboard or wood, however it comes, is just thrown away. It's never recycled. It just goes to a landfill somewhere. And the companies don't care. So when you go out and you buy something, this is something I've done in my own practice. Maybe this is something that you want to do in yours. When you go to buy something, I guess really ask, is the environmental cost of this worth it? I've really started to think about how I change my own outward living of my witchcraft And, you know, I even do this, like, in my own yard. Like, if I see something that's not supposed to be there, I pick it up. And if I can recycle it, I do. But at the same time, it's one of those things that I just... I realize that we need to do more. And doing more comes from every single one of us. It might mean simplifying. It might mean... Saying, you know what? No, I don't really need that. Or, hey, instead of buying a book in print, and I am a massive book snob, so just telling you, buying a book in print, and meaning hardcover or, you know, paperback, I buy it digitally. Because then I don't have a ton of trees sitting literally in my house taking up space. I have my Kindle. That's it. And it stores forever. It's great. It's great. As long as I have my account, it's there forever. So it's kind of one of those things that, yeah, I do love having the feel of my books, the feel of those things in my hand. But I also realized that's not good for us. It's not good for our planet, not good for our home. And I want to do better. And so I'm encouraging all of you to look at that as well. So let's not just think about Earth Day. 2021 being as a singular day. Let's think about it being an everyday thing. How can we change to be more sustainable in our everyday practices? So next week, we're going to talk about daily practices. And these are your daily magical practices. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what we can do to help fight that social change and help manifest it. And that will come next week. But I would say in closing, as we start to wrap up this podcast, also look at the way that you're putting stuff in your body. So we don't want to just take care of our planet. We also need to take care of ourselves. So think about what you're putting in, not only into your stomach to fuel your body, but what are you doing to fuel your mind? Make sure you're also taking care of the mental health as well as the physical health. And we could totally go into all of the different ways of eating healthy and all that, but I'd encourage you to look into that on your own. See about your your food choices and what they do with our planet and how you might be able to help that. That's your choice, but I will definitely say that when you start looking at all these different ways, we can do a lot more individually but if we all do it together, and we all raise our voice in a collective cry for help for the planet, we might do a lot more to help this climate emergency. So this is part of sustainable witchcraft. Witchcraft doesn't just stay on the altar. It goes with you everywhere. And sometimes it is going a little bit against the grain, going against the status quo. But sustainability is much more than where we shop, what we use, what we eat, It's how we fight for a better tomorrow, and not just for a better tomorrow for us, but for all those who come after us. So that is going to be my closing for today, and I hope that you all go forth, spread love to each other, and I will see you all next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and take care of your planet. Talk to you all later. Bye, everybody. Did you know that Pagan's Witchy Corner is part of the Revelator Podcast Network? This is the same network that brought you the other podcast I am a co-host on, Chaos and Shadow. You can find other amazing podcasts from my co-host Kyle, who is also on Chaos and Shadow, such as Kyle's Communist Book Club, the Stellaris Emergency Broadcast, and the Valheim Bulletin. While you're over there, check out our news section. This is where you'll find all the blog posts to go with all of my shows, as well as other awesome articles. Have you also become a member of the RPN yet? If not, you should totally come join us now. When you become a member of the RPN, you will help keep our network thriving, as well as getting amazing perks, including bonus audio from some of our shows like Chaos and Shadow, early access to some of our articles, one free Reiki session by me, or a free tarot reading from Kyle or myself, and so much more. So come check out the network today. There'll be a link in the description below Thank you for joining me and I'll see y'all next week.